Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I have the pleasure of presenting to you today a chat I had with Calvin and Hobbs, a very funny comedic duo from right here in Germany and Austria. Check it out. I think we oh, might have okay. made it. Tim looks really, really scared right now. I think we did it. No, no, no. I'm fine now. I think I'm fine. Okay, great. Can you hear me? That's all that really matters at this point, I feel like. Wait, say something again? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, good. Jordan can hear me. That's all that matters. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Videos, recording, recording. Okay, great. Oh, man. You know, it feels like every time I do one of these, it's, just, it's, not, it's not just you guys. Like, it's every call. There's either... I almost feel like the nicer the recording equipment is, the longer it takes to get things set up without a team, you know, without like anyone else helping you. We, oh God, we ran into this issue after we started shooting our stuff with a DSLR camera. Like we started off doing iPhone. Sure. And honestly, at this point, we're at a point like we look at your videos and we're like, oh, how easy that would so be. Nice. <laughs> Shoot it on the iPhone and edit it, get out, call it a day. But you know, now we have to set up the lobs, we have to set up the lights, we have to like, we have to go th through this whole process and it's always fucking tedious. But at the end of the day, like we want it to look a certain the way. Quality so is, the quality is just different. The quality yeah, is so high. Exactly. I have, I, I mean, I guess we all have days like this um, where I just don't really have a, a well flushed out idea ah. and I, I still want to have the, the posting. So I'll either do a, you know, a continuation of a series I started or just something really fast and really dumb, really, really just like get something out. And that's where it's so ideal to be doing it on the iPhone. Yeah. Oh my God. And yes. I can imagine, you know, you guys have, must have to plan so much in advance to, to do it in such high quality because you're scheduling, you have to meet together. You're some, you know, who's doing, who's doing the video and audio edi editing between you two. That's Calvin. I do a rough cut. I, I get to pick all the fun, the fun bits and the fun performances. And then I send it over to Calvin and I say, enjoy six hours of doing audio and, uh, video correction and, uh, you know, luckily he's very skilled because clearly if I were left clearly. to do it, I would still be shooting on iPhone. We'd still be shooting iPhone and we wouldn't be doing anything else. You know, that's that's sort of our that that's our like trade off is like Tim will will write the stuff and he'll come up with the ideas and then like it'll be up to me to figure out how we shoot it. And, you know, it's like it's a it's a nice partnership because we get the best of both worlds and we don't need a whole ass team around it. Um, you know, so we, we kind of like gelled really well there i think that's so cool when teams can get as successful as you guys are and still keep it core yeah you know it's it's nice when you can afford to to extend a team out like okay well our friend mike comes out and does lights now or like sandra comes and like wants to you know bump up make makeup or costumes or i'm just making these names up but sure. like yeah it's so cool to i think these days especially have the availability to get to such a high quality and such a consistency of quality and it's just like the two friends who started everything off together yeah yeah well friends is a strong word but yes <laughs> <laughs> sorry lovers <laughs> and i mean also just i mean it makes it easier it makes it easier to shoot right if you're just like a two-man team at least or i mean for you as well where you're just like one one guy that gets to do it so it's like you literally shoot whenever you feel like it and you can and it's not you know like for us where we have to find the time and i feel like if we expanded the team and made it even bigger then it's even harder to find the time and the scheduling for all of it so for sure i, I, I like mean there, there's a small team and then yeah we 
reuse engine as well sometimes yeah. for bigger shoots we use calvin's brother and his team and like they're super talented and like amazing at what they do and you know we're lucky that calvin has all these connections basically i mean look it's it's helpful to have like that production team because then when we have bigger ideas or it's like something where we know we can't shoot it between the both of us it's just it's nice to have the help um you know but uh there's there's certain parts where it'd be nice to like going forward you know maybe having some help with editing or something but then it comes with all these caveats where you're like okay but then do they know how to edit in our in our style do they know how to make the cuts the way that we want them to are you going to spend more time teaching somebody than it takes you to do it you know and then it's like is it worth that like time investment and money investment and that's always the question that's the thing too i've talked to a few different creators so far like just trying to get a sort of a glimpse into the life of you know the handful of us that are mocking germany <laughs> to, to simplify it the most and a lot of people including myself to an extent you know have this sort of feeling about well you know we've gained traction with the way that it's done now mm. so the fear of handing that responsibility or any part of it to someone else creates a fear of losing control for sure do you guys have that feeling too yeah i think losing a sense of control but also just losing a sense of like i don't know there's like i said i think the time investment is is such a hard part um and then at the same time it's a level of trust because you know the way that you can produce something and you can make it look a certain way and then you don't trust that somebody else is going to be able to do it and i think letting go is really really hard in that but i think it's necessary there are cases like you know the whole mr beast thing where it's like now the quality is maybe starting to drop and it's you know it's it's uh it's a thing of like cool you hand it off to somebody entirely they don't care because it's not their product it's just like they're just gonna push out as many videos until people start dropping off and then they move on to the next client you know so it's like that's obviously the fear at the end of the day if you let go completely what is there something that's going on with mr beast i don't know am i missing something does he have an editor now that he that people are complaining about yeah the agency that he's working with is like there's like a sense of is he pushing out you know too much content where it's starting to lose quality or is it yeah Interesting, interesting stuff. <laughs> what? Uh, what was what is what is this weird burn that you're trying to do now? <laughs> I'm not trying to do a burn. I'm trying to let's 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 talk about it. You know, what? Do, how do we feel about it? I don't I I, like honestly. Hot takes. In this is this a bit? Are we doing a bit? We need to have hot takes in this podcast. We need to have hot takes. We need to have hot takes. Okay, I don't like Inception the movie. Here you go. Okay, I don't like <laughs> well, I don't think it's aged as well as the film bros have thought it uh, aged as well either. Um, that's not English. But I think that um, I, uh, I wanted to ask, what's the first video that you guys remember making as you were getting traction where you handed off some of those responsibilities uh, and for better or worse, you thought, okay, well, now we're at a place where we have that option. Do you have a, a memory of a, a project that was kind of bigger than your usual stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, the first one that we did was we did, we had this uh, villain series, or we still do, but we haven't done one in a while. Um, you know, round sunglasses turned into a villain. And it was a whole spoof on Indiana Jones and the German villain. Um, and for that, we hired Engine, which is my brother's production company. And I, I don't know that it was a sense of like letting go because in that, in that specific scenario, we just knew that we needed the help to make it look the way that we wanted to. And if anything, it was just 
there was I, I mean at least for me maybe not for you tim but there was never a sense of like fear that it was going to hamper the process only that it was going to help it um i think oh, yeah. more so just we were trying to be respectful of their time when we were shooting and then we were <laughs> we were definitely uh guerrilla shooting the uh the that sketch at night because it was in a public space that you weren't allowed to shoot at and so you know the best feeling ever we well we had we had a cop come up and tell us that we can't shoot there so then i tried to say that we were film students and our university told us that we're allowed to shoot here and they had I called very, i was very proud of you that was very herzogian of you and you know, i like that that's beautiful <laughs> um and well she had said okay great can you pull up the paper and i was like oh i don't have the paper on me and she said well can i get your id and i said oh my god we left all of our ids in the production office that is close by because we were just a couple of feet away and she was like oh that's interesting that you left your ids she caught on obviously after like a couple of minutes but she was like yeah, but she was nice she was really nice and she was like look can you be out of here in an hour and i was like absolutely and then we did. We managed to get the whole thing in 45 minutes, which I don't know how, but we sped through that shoot. Dude, uh, that's like such a part of American culture that I miss so much living in Germany. There is this fire of like, you'll get you'll get people like this in charge occasionally. And sometimes they're not cool, of course. It's of just course. person to person. Yeah. But more often than not, I mean, and, and, and we both have experiences like this, getting into a spot, you shouldn't really be there. You shouldn't really be doing that. But it's for a good reason. It's fun. It's harmless. Sure. Yeah. And you have someone who's like, I don't know, some guy with a key to a door. And it's just like, all right, guys, five more minutes. And you're like, thanks, Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> you know, <just> like, <laughs> oh, it's the best. <laughs> Keep going. I mean, yeah, it's but it's funny. It's the same thing with um. I don't know if you know Kyle Gordon. The um, he's he's oh, blown dude. up right now. Hats Thank off. Thank you, him. Kyle Gordon is dude. I mean, he really popped off with this nineties uh, year. Oh my god, uh, music. So the song but is so good. it's so good. You, it's so good. I had dude, to for anybody yeah. like anybody listening to this who doesn't know Kyle Gordon. This guy is so diverse. Genius. His range Genius. for yeah. characters is it's mwah. so fantastic. And he's such a nice guy too. He's so lovely. We worked with him twice. Oh, he's, such the best. He is. Infectious oh laugh. my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Seth. It's like Seth Rogen, but somehow it's weirder. <laughs> exactly. It's, but it's just exactly. as enjoyable. Um, but you know, it was the same thing where he shot that video, that first one, at Oculus, which is here in New York, and he got kicked out while shooting it. But you know, I guess it was all you know, all worth it, all for a good cause. So I think Tim. Going forward, oh, but still, but the layers, the layer. This is like what shows. I'm why are this is becoming a Kyle Gordon fan podcast. But like the layers to that bit, to Beautiful. do uh, like Euro trash uh, techno song, who, who people who don't understand like English or American culture, and then to shoot it in like the World Trade Center mall is incredible. I mean, so smart, that, so smart. The, the oh god, just just the fucking wording, like the bad English translations. Oh. <laughs> I watched it today. I watched the, this. There's the second one now with a brunette, uh, a brunette yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same yes. song, but it's, it's, it's just a, a different girl. It's the but same yes. song. Dude, yes. yeah. the videos are so popular that there's like a, you know how there's like all, like, I don't know if you guys are keeping up with this. Uh, there's a lot of uh, TikTok hate for this creator, Montaigne, the veggie cutter guy with the. With oh, the yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw shitty that. Shitty advice. Yeah. Oh, um, why, is, why is that? Why is the hate there? Okay, I'll come back to Montaigne because that's okay, a great. funny thing. We're going to do, do a lot of, we're doing TikTok talk. We're going to do all this. This is a gossip. This is a gossip show now. But first, uh, but Kyle's that video, or I mean, I know he's such a popular creator, but like that video of the first one, 
with the blonde singer is so popular that there is now a chain of um, uh, Stitch videos of people seeing the one with the brunette singer and going, hey, what happened to, uh, I forgot the funny name. Yeah, he gave her the like, one, yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. like Discolana Picotana or some <laughs> silly name. And he was like, what happened to her? You can't just replace her, you know? <laughs> Which is, again, shows, again, the level of genius because this is what Eurodance acts would do yes. when they got famous. They'd immediately release the song again and replace the main singer with a different attractive woman. Dude, it's, is that really the layers. thought process? There are layers to this bit. Like this thing is, he's work. I'm saying he's working on another level. He's, he's man, incredible. That's so, that's, oh man. Oh man. I'm so jealous that you guys got to, how did you meet, how did you meet him? How did you we, end up working we with him? We met him because uh, Scumbag Dad actually hit us up. He was trying to shoot, of course he did, yeah. Um, he another was Another great creator. He was, he was coming to New York and he had, he had hit us up like a year before that already. Um, and he had come to New York and he was like, hey guys, let's shoot something together. Um, I might bring somebody else and that somebody else was Kyle Gordon. And we all hit it off during the shoot and it was a lovely shoot. Um, but, you know, we were like, hey Kyle, like, do you want to do something together again at some point? And he was like, definitely. So we hit him up um, a couple of weeks later and we did our own bit with him. Um, and that was, that was it. And, you know, then he was really nice. He connected us to the Mets, actually. Um, which was Tim's dream since we had started doing Calvin and Habs was to work with the Mets. And that collab happened, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, no, he's he's a really, really good guy and he deserves everything that's happening right now. He was featured in yeah. Rolling Stones now because of that song. Really? Yeah. yeah. Rolling Stones did an article <laughs> on his bit. Man, song, that's the so song good of the for summer. him, dude. Song of the summer. Good for it. Well, he's actually <laughs> yeah. releasing it. He's releasing the song yeah, yeah, on Spotify no, I mean, he, on August twenty second. As he should. The song is the song is great, but it's also like all his other bits are. He's, of course, he's fantastic. He does yeah. good comedy. Yeah, he's um. You know, there's there's so many comedians and and sketch creators and I th uh, at, on TikTok and I think what's what's so hard about sticking out. Diaz, um, there's um, oh, what's the the woman? I'm such a huge fan, Delaney. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dol Dolvaney. Dolvaney. It's uh, like I forgot her first name just now, but I've, I she has the she black hair. She has the hair. cringy like the 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 girl who's like the, the, the like worst the, one here in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh she does yeah, so many super niche. Uh, I forgot her first name, but it's Dolvaney. It's Delaney. Yeah, is it Delaney? Yeah, or Dolvaney? I'm I'm sure. pretty sure it's Delaney. But there's there's like a few people who stick out um, in different ways. Yeah. but it's and and I feel like Kyle and her. I forgot her first name. That's going to drive me crazy. Delaney her, Rowe. Yeah, you're right. Delaney Rowe. Yeah. So Delaney is the first name. Okay. So Kyle and Delaney, there's something so extremely niche and like so like needle point precise about the person they're trying to create. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they do it so they, they put they're, they're so vulnerable on the camera. Like they put it they put that cringe or that whatever they're trying to represent they put it so out there like on the on the cross like just bare chested and it's so uh impressive but and i think it, you have to for that to work like there's yeah. no other way around it you know they're so they're so good but i, I do want to talk more about you guys no uh, no. no let's, let's talk, talk wait hold on I, let's I, go back to my pain for a second this, this is so much better. what is, what yes, is going, going on, on with oh. <laughs> tell tim explain explain that please do you guys know the cut a board cut a board train uh trend no, what is what is, well, what is that? Trend? Didn't he do like? <laughs> didn't he do a rap? Wasn't that the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. He, so that's that's cut a board. That's uh, I don't know. You can't see it. Like C U H, uh, D E Y cut a, and then cut a board. Cut a board, and he meant to say because they're bored. 
Oh, oh, cut a boy. Okay. Like, cut, cut a boy. And uh, there was like two two videos that sparked him off on this like several hundreds of thousands of people stitching him with hate. And one of them was because he was giving, uh, trying to give what he thought was like hot takes on relationship advice while cutting vegetables. So that's like. That's his the, thing. The, yeah. The thing of him. Yeah. It's like yeah. the headphones and the kind of vision. But he was giving very, very obvious uh, sort of, of like course. pick me advice. That's mm-hmm. yeah. very easy to mock. So that was just like, okay, this guy's easy to mock because he's giving stupid advice that doesn't make any sense. And then he was getting hate advice for that. So then he did a rap song. Oh, no. That was like, oh, no. He, he was like, he put on like a beat and was like, you know, you got to be good before you get great. And they're only complaining, cut a boy. And like this accent, he put on like he put the, on, this he like, put on you know, black accent. Yeah. It he was put not on the good. black voice. And dude, and then so the, then the black creators were like, I'm sorry, that didn't. Oh, this is a white person? Yes. That, that did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh He's, God! I'm gonna pull him <laughs> up. Why are you responding with a rap song to begin with? You exactly. And he's like, he's not a rapper, you know. He's yeah. just, he's a content advice ish creator guy. Um, but that just reminded me, like Kyle's. Yeah, that's him. That's uh, that's the yeah. yeah that's exactly. the stitch. Yeah. And lots of creators not, are like, I'm sorry, cut a bud. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> we're gonna cut to the we're gonna cut to the video, right? I hope you're yeah. not in the edit. You're gonna. I'm gonna, cut gonna to put the video, the, so the, I'm gonna put cut a bud in here now. That's true. Um, God. Dude, but well, I think know, Tim, like, you know, I know what to do next. Rap song, hey! <laughs> I, uh, I'm here to sit. You guys, you guys have done a duo for so long. Did you find it difficult to brainstorm with a third party, like with Kyle or with Scumbag Dad or anybody that you've joined in on a video, like from scratch? Like, how's the how does the brainstorming process work for you guys on a video? Ooh. I mean, uh, usually, I mean, usually I'll just sit down and I'll write out like some ideas if I come up with something uh, or Calvin and I will, you know, in, in passing, like while we're shooting something and then we talk about something that happened and we're like, hey, is, is that a sketch? And then like we might talk about it briefly and just like, you know, have like some sort of like mental roadmap for if we were to do this sketch, what it would look like. But usually... I'm sorry, I'm going to put my dog in the crate because she just saw a skateboarder and now is <laughs> complaining. Now it's game over. I guess I'll, I'll I'll follow up with that. It's like, yeah, you know, usually Tim will come up with, with the ideas and then we'll kind of talk about them and see, you know, usually I'll be the bad guy and I'll be like, this is too long. How can we condense it down? Um, and then, but then from there, you know, like the, the stuff with Scumbag Dad and Kyle Gordon, like Scumbag Dad has... His brain works on a different level. Like he came in with millions of ideas already fleshed out and they're so abstract. Um, but, you know, he has his process and, you know, it, it just like it it was all right. Let's just do your thing how you imagine it. Um, and then our idea was very simple to incorporate. So it was more like, hey, like kind of like this is the outline. How do you feel about it? And they were both good to go. And we improved it like four or five times and then we were good to go. The the one with Kyle, I think that one was a little bit more easy to collaborate on just because it was real Twitter posts. So it was just about like assigning people lines and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Like so you guys, I mean you had you had I mean you do outside of outside of your successful videos have quite different careers that you know, maybe people who uh have always followed you as the comedy duo might not know about mm. I, I feel that i feel that even 
like I, I'm not even on the same level as you guys. And I always get this uh, occasional DM of like, I didn't know you played music. And for me, the first, you know, 29 years of my life were only <laughs> focused on playing music. And now it's like a, now it's in such a different thing than what I thought. Um, how do you guys feel about the original, you know, passions that you pursued perhaps as like, you know, young starry eyed, you know, dreamer, dreamers of being actors or, or, or directors or producers and like working in entertainment. Are you kind of now in a position that you thought younger version of you would be so happy to see you in? Or are you in still sort of a place where I like this, but what I really want to do is Broadway, for example? Now this, this feels like a therapy question almost. Um, <laughs> so younger me would probably be pretty proud. But, you know, for, for me specifically, like, I I played tennis growing up, so that was, like, my big dream. And then when that didn't work out, everything else after that just kind of felt like, okay, cool, let me just see, like, how I can make a good living and, like, feel somewhat fulfilled with the things that I do. Because nothing ever compares to that first dream that you had, that first passion. You know, like, that's the thing, and then everything else is, like, it's, it's great, but it's not. It's not the same. Um, so for me, like, Tim and I started doing acting and we did or we still do uh commentary for wwe and i think that's the craziest yeah i, think that's I mean really that's really the funnel, most... but that's how we met <laughs> yeah that's uh that's how you guys met was working was through working w through wwe and both him and i just hit it off right away you know we got along really well from the first day that we got together like i think we hung out for like the third time and it was at a wwe show it was at royal rumble and one of the producers there was sure that we had been best friends for years. And so, you know, it just kind of speaks best. to oh, yeah. the chemistry that we had. Yeah. Um, but then for me specifically, like once we started doing social media together, um, I had had a short dabble in like producing social media content for like a client at that point as well for like a brand. And that really then like fully developed for me where I'm now doing a lot of social media production for different brands um and and companies and that's that's been really fun because now i've seen how much i enjoy producing and helping people get there rather than being in front of the camera myself i still enjoy that a lot um but it feels more fulfilling in that because i just get to have different experiences so I think it's more so for me personally, just about expanding that more, like working with more brands, building up a bigger team together with Tim specifically too. you know, like just building out that team of like people that we work with, that we create content with, whether it's for ourselves or for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I came here uh, and to pursue acting and uh, I feel like I've been able to do that for, for quite some time. So that's great. And now I, I get to work with my buddy all the time and uh, the hours are very easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I really, I really can't complain. It's, uh, it's, it's been very nice. I, I would like to maybe go, go back to Broadway or something later on down the line. I do miss, miss the stage, like stage mm -hmm. acting is great. And I wouldn't mind, you know, making movies, like expanding this into like actually something bigger, but there's a writer's strike going on and we're not scabs. That's what I want to get into as well with you guys. I mean, I know, um, uh, you know, Calvin's complete. I know Calvin's completed the SAG after a, a certification. You did two, Tim, is that right? Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I, I do want to talk about this. Did this. you Did you look me up on LinkedIn? <laughs> I, well, I know. I'm, I, I wouldn't be an interviewer if I didn't do some research. Mm. Um, but I, I did also want to ask, and maybe it's a stupid question, and maybe you guys have had this a hundred times before, but you know, to be from 
Austria and Germany, which I think probably some people listening to this will be like, I'm sorry, they're like, I mean, at least, at least Calvin, they'll say like, he's not American, you know, like really mm. not. Uh, Cause the accent, I mean, even with you, Tim, it, you, I mean, I think this is probably something you pride yourselves on is like, you don't sound that you're from Austria yeah. and Germany and you're obviously you get the humor, right. you get the culture, you blended perfectly into that world as young, like aspiring actors what was the original choice for you guys to go into a country where English would be your second language as opposed to saying, well, I want to go to, I don't know, the, and this is just examples like Berlin Theater or let's go to join the, let's go to Munich where like there's all these production companies, go to Cologne where the TV you know stations are. Why go so far from where you would have had options in your mother tongue? Tim, I'll let you start with that. Um... I mean, for me, I feel like I, I was I was fortunate enough that I, I went to an international school in Germany, so I learned English from a from a young age. Mm-hmm. So, like going to live in an English speaking country wasn't very daunting to me. I I felt more comfortable speaking in English anyway. Um, and I guess I just always there was just something about New York or just America in general. Like as a kid, you you'd go there on on holidays sometimes, and like you'd walk into a footlogger and the way it smelled, like I still remember and like the air conditioning just felt really nice and like the the shopping malls and all that stuff. And I just like, from a very young age, I always thought like, I really want to live in America. And that's where Michael Jordan lived. So as a kid, I wanted to live where Michael Jordan lived. So (laughs) it always had to be America. And then as I got older, I just thought New York seems like the best place to go. And so I went here after high school, I graduated high school and just came here for acting school immediately and pretty much haven't left ever since. So I would consider myself a New Yorker at this point. Yeah. My visa wouldn't, <laughs> but I would. <laughs> My visa says I'm here on an O one, but I say I'm a real New Yorker. <laughs> a real New Yorker. You started doing the New Yorker. Hey, 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 how about that? I'm walking here. <laughs> I'm walking. Can't even do a proper accent. Can't even do a proper New York accent. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad, really. I mean, look, for me, I've, I've spent most of my life growing up outside of Austria. You know, I was in Austria from like two until 10. And then mm-hmm. we moved to Egypt. Then I moved to Florida to pursue tennis. I knew about, I knew um, about Florida. I didn't know about Egypt. Yeah, I didn't know about Egypt. Yeah, Egypt was a short stint. My dad worked there, so I was there in a British school. So, you know, I was around the English language much more already at that point. Um, Moved to Florida, and then it was back and forth between Florida and Austria for a bit in those last years of playing tennis. But really, you know, at that point, then my brother was here in New York already pursuing music and some acting as well. And so at that point, like when I stopped playing, I just really wanted to live with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the acting was like, cool, I'll try it out. But nothing was like, okay, I I definitely want to do this. I just wanted to get out of that scene, out of that like familiar environment. And, you know, it was a it felt like the right place to be was with him. And then everything else just kind of followed suit from there. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to have those connections to it um, before going there, especially. And I mean, I. Because when, whenever you think about people moving to America to pursue paths in entertainment, and I guess that's, in this case, more specific to Tim, who wanted to go to New York to pursue acting, what, what, I, you know, I bet in the same way that I continuously get things of like, hey, you're an English-speaking entertainer. Why don't you live in Berlin? Uh, do you guys get the whole thing of like, why don't you go to L.A.? Or do you say, or do you think it's 
pretty much equal opportunity or that question is kind of outdated yeah. at this point. Yeah, I think so. I think at this point, New York has so many offerings that not really anymore. Yeah. I feel like you would yeah. get that question like years ago more, but I think in general also just like more and more people are just aware now that a lot of the stuff gets either shot in New York or just also they know that, you know, a lot of stuff just gets shot on the go now with all the, the equipment, like how easy it is to shoot your own material or just for production companies to shoot stuff. Yeah. Or, or I just think, use AI to create it for you, you know? Or do AI, yeah. which is the best. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it looks great. Like I just saw the uh, the Marvel intro for the Nick Fury show. It's just AI and it's brilliant. <laughs> but it's it looks so well done. So good. <laughs> it looks so real. Um, I think it works on so many levels that people don't even understand. <laughs> Let me ask you guys, because, I mean, you're both registered, you know, actors. Um, how has the current strike, <laughs> how has the current strike affected you, if at all? And have you been a part of, um, you know, projects that have undergone changes uh, or, or, or delays because of that? Have you gone, you know, to, to the picket lines yourselves? How was how that affecting you currently? I mean... Uh, or is it? I mean, or, not, you know, not really, because so much of our work is production, but like social media production, which hasn't been affected. Um, and then yeah, in terms yeah, sure. of us, obviously, like you know, it's, it's just Tim and I. Um, what was what was the rest of the question? <laughs> just just if, if been, just we if we haven't we haven't we haven't been to the strikes. We should. Oh, we haven't been to the strikes. No, we're bad. No. But we're gonna hand out water. Yeah, yeah. I was just wasn't sure if uh, I mean I know that your work is 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 different, but I just wasn't sure if there had been like oh well you know I auditioned for this thing and it was going to get picked up, but right well, we now did. we're stuck in limbo with so, that. Or yes, somewhat. We we are part of a project that um well, we are part of a project that is being delayed because of that. Um, but you know that's sort of like I think the usual thing of like any type of project it could have been delayed for other reasons and it has been delayed for other reasons in the past you know i.e financing finding a studio etc etc um and we're a small part of it so it hasn't like affected us deeply in any way it's more just like oh okay cool this is pushed back further like let's see what happens and when it comes back for sure and i mean especially i think uh for content creators who can make a living based off um i mean in y'all's case especially having over a million youtube subscribers you're probably making quite a lot of just your regular income from doing what you love and creating those things yourselves um i had on the last episode that came out i, ha I interviewed liam carpenter this liam carps guy oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. um he just followed us on on instagram we had to make sure to follow back because dude that's what we've, we've seen his stuff before too yeah another german content creator totally yeah and he's, there's how um, many of us <laughs> you know well my, i was talking you i gotta was plan like, a getaway dude my goal my goal i have like a list of like i don't know i have on this uh, word document i don't know if it's like eight or nine but there's i wonder if you guys know all the same people that i'm trying to 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 get to know because i think also think like it'd be nice to build a community of the people who have this sort of angle that we're in so that we yeah. can be in a position of like, hey, well, you know, they have a podcast, maybe I can be a guest or hey, let's do a video together or, you know, just. Honestly, what what a mindfuck it would be if we all got together for one video. It would be just one big dude. Ger Germany's <laughs> shitty Wi-Fi would explode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if they had you guys, Liam Uyen, the Vietnamese creator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Chris DeSis, um, 
the the black American girl living in a village in Germany who's she's almost at one million on TikTok. There's like oh yeah, yeah I think I've seen she's stuff so yeah. funny. She's so funny. There's a few there's a few on different platforms who have like huge numbers. And I think if we all did it together, it I mean Germany's uh, uh, system can't hold that that kind of response. I think. Oh my God, no. Um, yeah, how is the Wi-Fi but, for you over there? Because like I feel like whenever I go to visit my parents, and it's just like oh my God, what it's is brutal. this? Oh. What? is this i'm not kidding at my parents i get a five megabit download speed it is it five is five megabit download okay i don't have it that bad i, I clearly i can bad. see you very I well mean, right now yeah. <laughs> i have to, <laughs> i i admit like i'm lucky you know i'm i'm in i'm in munich city limits and i'm in a new place now i'm i'm in a like a i'm in a house where the underground is is, is turned into a studio and the router that connects to the not the glass i guess they don't really have the fiberglass yet but like like the direct line to the system is next to this door so like here in this room where i do the calls it's the best version of wi-fi that i'll probably get yeah uh, anywhere else so i'm very very lucky for that but i have been in different apartments before before living here that it was just it was just a horrendous joke like sending we transfer and even just an audio file for whatever reason forget about it dude it would take like oh, yeah. Yeah, hours 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 just a joke just just painful um <laughs> I wanted to ask, I know that uh, you guys have, ha have had to learn different skills. Oh, no, wait, I remember the first question I wanted to ask was, um, the reason I brought up Liam was, so when he crossed, uh, he, so he's crossed a million on, on TikTok and Instagram both. And when I asked him about what that feeling must have been like to cross that platform, because um, I think for me as a creator, I have I have certain goals that I hope to cross. And I think when I get to that number, probably a part of me will be able to relax a little bit on that sort of lingering fear that the numbers will go away. It won't. <laughs> that's what you tell yourself. That's what you tell yourself. Um, that's, no. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what you tell yourself. Get yeah, it, nope. it. But, but the, the, the question was basically like, okay, I mean, I assume that that's bad, the but. reality, but uh, when he got to that number, let's say like the, the definitive like one mil, did he have a moment of reflection and celebration to appreciate what he'd worked on? And I imagine in y'all's case for a million on YouTube means so much more in my opinion, not more like worth, but like it's a really, it's a really difficult accomplishment to get to 1 million on YouTube. What happened when you guys crossed that and you got the plaque? What was that conversation like for you guys when that happened? It's it's huge. Uh, it was a text. It was a text hey, message. Hey, we, we did we it. We got a million. Congrats. Congrats, bro. Shut up, you you, you Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Back to work. <laughs> Calvin 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 texted me and I left him on red for like an hour or two and then I wrote back and I said I wrote back. Not, oh, cool. not true. Nice. Not true. We were we were obviously a little bit more excited than that. I mean, come I'm on. Proud. It's good to I be mean, proud. It's good to be proud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were pumped during the week leading up to it. Of course, of course. And like, as Tim said, like the week leading up to it, we kept talking about it. Like, what day are we hitting it? You know, and it was it was obviously very exciting. I think there is that sense of like, when you hit that number, things are going to change all of a sudden, like, all of the companies are gonna come flocking to you and they're gonna be like, we wanna work with you. We're gonna pay you $20,000 for this ad. And like, you know, that didn't really pan out that way. Um, it's it's a lot more complex than that. Obviously it came with some perks and you do have a better rate that you're able to ask for because of that. Um, I think just in general, it also looks 
nicer, you know, than having 900,000 followers. Yeah. You can just have the one M. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, we were, we were excited and then it was kind of like back to work because there's, you know, like it's that sense of like, if you don't keep up with it, people are going to fall off. Your audience is not going to care or not going to keep up. Like, you know, as nice as it is to have the one million on YouTube, a lot of that is still based off of shorts, which is, you know, similar to the TikTok and Instagram process, you know? So I think part of us is always, has always felt like, not that it's like cheating, but that it's like, you know, does it's it? not does like, feel, it's it not like the 1 million that you yeah. would get off of building long form videos. And so now we've really tried to branch out into long form more and we've had some more success with it, which is really nice. Um, but you know, we have to keep up with it and we have to keep doing it so that we build a more diverse in, in audience. In terms of your social media outreach, because I mean, you have um, quite a widespread audience. Like I can only speak from my own experience, but I think I would probably be making a good-ish living or more of a living if uh, they hadn't canceled out um, a monetization for reels on Instagram. That was nuts. And it came out of the blue without an announcement. It's cold blooded, man. Like yeah. that's where my big, that's the most of where my audience is. And yeah. I can't make money from that unless I do these brand partnerships, which, you yeah. know, as you guys know, isn't every week. Nope. You know, nope. You know, it comes and goes. And 100%. sometimes you have stretches of time where you just aren't sure, like, is it going to happen at all? Um, where was like, yeah. wh what do you think now? Because in, in, the, in the position you are now, what is continued to be or what are new struggles that you find as uh you know social media creators i think yeah. the weekly like upkeep that's the hardest part like coming up with new ideas the consistency, consistency right? but then also like looking at kyle something that he did is like okay cool how can we do something that's not the same thing you know like as much as we enjoy doing the german stuff there is that sense of like we don't want to always just do that or just be known for that. Like we want to branch out from that. Like we love doing comedy of mm -hmm. different kinds. So how can we, um, you know, so it's, it's mainly about playing around with that. And thankfully we've had some success. Like recently we did a video that mocked the whole like, uh, NPC live TikTok trend. Um, and that's doing really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like 2.2 million views or something right now on, on, uh, on YouTube. Um, but that's really like, how can we branch out and do something different than what we've been doing? And yeah. it's, yeah. you know, at this point we've posted like 280 videos or something. So like, you know, keeping yeah. up with that is not the easiest yeah, thing. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's coming up with new ideas every week. And it, you know, you have to put out, you know this, like you have to put out, I mean, we're already pretty slow mm -hmm. about how we roll out our videos. I feel like you're, more prolific in that way where you're like putting out what like five videos a week or something i wouldn't i wouldn't use the word prolific <laughs> <laughs> i mean but I, you know like every time that there's a new leap in numbers i have no problem re-releasing republishing mm -hmm. you know i'll take like see that's something that we struggle with yeah and we don't really do it because we feel like it's cheap but i you know there is something to be said about taking something off and republishing it or like, you know, taking something old Dude, and I mean, throwing I, it up again. Right, right now, as it stands, I put something every day. Wow. And like most weeks is something new. Of course, it's not all the same quality, but there's something new seven days a week. And like sometimes like there's just a weekend where someone has a birthday or I'm traveling or I don't feel good or I'm yeah. just, 
I just like hate it. Don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But there's still that machine of like, okay, well, four months ago, I did a thing about Germans going to a lake that did well. Now I have, you know, whatever, 40K more than I did when I dropped that. I'll just republish it. That's smart. And it'll do about, about the same or better. And I didn't have to do anything that day. Yeah, fair enough. That's I mean you that's know. that's good. I think we that's something that we can definitely learn from or something we I mean with you guys too like I under, I understand YouTube's a different machine but for TikTok or Instagram people people encourage it. You know that they I had to feel convinced yeah. to do it and then when I started doing it it didn't hurt anything. It only helped. Yeah. I feel like it was like it's like the same with like that that those like two girls uh, the what are they called the, like rapping girls on TikTok, you know, the ones where they just run they just like run towards the camera. And oh, like they, the girl who's like Jesus Christ, Donna, 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 Donna like Donna. cinnamon. I don't, I don't know. They did it right, like at right, Disney right. World. They did it at like Taco Bell or something at Chipotle and stuff. And like they keep on doing that same video, but it still gets gets the same numbers, gets that even more and more engagement. Totally, totally. So yeah, what do you what do you like? What was the first? Um, where was the first moment? Like our first video where you guys uh, came together and kind of said, well we should probably keep doing this. Like this is doing pretty well. Was it, on, what what platform was it on? And where did you guys, I mean, probably it wasn't that like movie-esque, but <laughs> where was like the wave hitting and which platform were you, where you were like, hey, let's do another one of those. That did really well. Oh, we started out on TikTok. Like TikTok was where we where we got our start. Um, and I think the first, like we'd done a few videos and we were just, it was just, you know, you were doing it for the love of the game. And I was just hanging out with my buddy during COVID and just yeah. making short videos. So it was always fun. Like yeah. I always, I never was like, oh, we should stop doing this because we're not getting the views. Like it was still just enjoyable to do. And then I think like the first one that got like a little bit of traction was something when like uh, uh, Robin Hood shut down like all the the trading for like the AMC stock and something. And like we did like a short video on that. Um, and I think that got like, it got we forty posted K it views. and like we did like a, a w, called the WWE pay per view and then like we got out and had like forty five K views or something and like before that all our videos yeah before that all our videos had gotten like two hundred views and like this had like forty five thousand views and we we're like oh my god dude is this viral and <laughs> yeah so yeah so we we're like oh shit we, we, we gotta hit them hard the next time with a with an even better one because <laughs> we're uh, celebrities now <laughs> we gotta keep this fire burning yeah, baby exactly. <laughs> yeah. But we did, you know, like... I totally get that, by the way. <laughs> to be honest, we were very lucky because it was our 11th video that went viral, which was the, uh, the, the Cars video. You know, it was, it was this... Uh, we, we did a stitch to this video that was like... Uh, what, what was it, Tim? It was like, what's your country most famous yeah, biggest, for? Biggest something claim or to fame name or something. That, some, something yeah, silly. Yeah, something like that. And it was like Tim and I in the video... Um, well... We're Germans, so it's World War, and then I cut, cut him off, and I say cars. I remember cars, that one. Yes. I remember that one. So that right. one was like our 11th video. It went viral. Um, you know, it got like 20 million views in like four days or something. Like it did really, really, or like 15 million. But it was it was an insane amount. And then we were like, Tim had come up with the ideas like, oh, what if we do uh, German children's stories? Because those are so insane and like so the crazy. The Yeah, exactly. So we followed it up with that because I think there was a comment in there like Germans are funny. And so at that time, you could do the whole like responding. Well, you still can, but like you could do responding to a comment with a video, which helped us so much because at that point, that video was still getting a lot of views and we just 
you know, tacked it onto that and it was kind of like a snowball effect. And then people started really enjoying the German children's stories and then we just kind of kept up with that. And then at some point, like the German thing just clearly stuck around from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wondering if you guys are familiar with the concept of audience capture. Have you ever heard that before? No. No. It's something that you, you touched on earlier. I made a note so that I would bring it up uh, when we have the next uh, thing. But audience capture is a really interesting concept. Um, you can just throw it into a Google tab to look at later because I don't remember who who, who came up with it. But I, the general gist Oh, you have is, to show some, somebody five times or something? <laughs> no. <that> <laughs> The, the I feel like I read about this recently on Twitter or something. You have to show somebody five times? What do you mean? It's like you want to post, like, if a video is, like, a hit, you should post it, like, around, like, five times, like, the same cycle no, so that no, more no. viewers can see it. I don't know. It's something. Whatever. Continue. I know what you're talking about, but this this is totally different. This is, um, <laughs> this is like, a sociological thing that was re- recently studied that is basically the idea... People like us and and creators who are who are on like you know completely different levels of of, of attention for their niche or whatever um, can sometimes be trapped by the character or the niche that they create that gets that audience. And a good example that they use in this article that I read was Nikocado Avocado. You know the the YouTuber who who eats like mukbangs, this white dude with the black hair. Oh yes, and he you yeah, know yeah, yeah, he yeah. um. He's he's like a he's like their prime example of getting trapped kind of by you know you make a video where you let's say you eat a couple of cheeseburgers for some reason this is just like what happened and they the the, the audience was you know tenfold what he had done for his violin mm-hmm. music he had actually he was a violinist yeah and like a vegan but then he started doing like sort of subtle like overeating things and the comments were flooding with like the next thing he should do and it became like well if I I need to do what they're doing so that I can get the numbers. And it becomes that vicious thing where they got trapped. He got trapped into what the audience wants. And now you see these videos of him and yeah, he's at 6 million subscribers and yeah, you know, his, his five channels or whatever make him so much money, but he looks just so trapped by the thing that he built. Um, I was wondering, do you guys, when you think about branching out, um, where would you want to, what kind of humor or, or, or video making would you want to step into? Do you imagine making short films, doing dramatic acting? Like, you know, I'm not saying that I think either of us feel stuck by that yet, but that's a concept that I think is mm. really prominent in our world. Like, do you, do you think yeah. you see that in other people and how you'd want to separate yourself from what you do now? I mean, I think it's hard to see it in other people because you, you know, obviously never know what they're actually going through and how they feel about the position they're in. There's still a sense of like, you know, yes, we've definitely felt that to a degree of like, is this the only thing that is, you know, successful for us and that people respond to? Luckily, we have seen success in other formats too. Like I just mentioned, even with the TikTok NPC trend, but like it's happened with a coffee video and like there's enough examples of us being like, okay, cool. We're not just like, you know, doing good numbers with that. Of course, the German thing, I think just in general, especially in the US, people gravitate towards that so very much and they enjoy that stereotypical German uh, character. Um, So not necessarily, but I think like, you know, from my perspective, something that I know we've talked about a lot is like, we both love, you know, I think you should leave style like Tim and Eric, like that type of comedy, Um, you know, so like 
branching out and towards that we've even talked about at some point doing like a short horror film you know just something that's fun and that might feed the like creative um aspects of us and from there yeah kind of just see where it goes but i think you know steering too far away from comedy was never really anything that that we've talked about or like wanted to do except for like the occasional one-offs if it is something like a short horror film and i think the greatest the greatest like ongoing bit or like comedy content that has been created is uh tim heidecker's on cinema and i feel like that's something i would like to i just don't know what it is you know it's just nice to have i feel like if you have like such an expansive universe where you know your characters so well and you're basically just able to improv and just do like the most insane stuff that's something that i would like to build towards too i just we haven't found the characters really for that yet and like yeah. what it is and like because like yeah. him and greg turkington do it so i don't know if you know on cinema but it's like it's like it's like uh siskel and ebert i know Oh, okay. No, I know. Oh, I know yeah. Tim Heidecker, like, like but like I don't a, think uh, I know. It started off as a podcast and then went to like a, a YouTube show. It's like basically it's the two like it's two losers, uh, uh, just reviewing movies, and it's incredible. It's it's the best. There's there's nothing better than on cinema. And what they have, I think they're at like season thirteen now or something. And what they've built over like thirteen years is incredible. Like how far they went with stuff. It's insane. We've mentioned uh, Tim Heidecker and Tim Robinson, who are like some of the greatest comedic minds. I mean, at least of our, you know, time, our generation. Oh, yeah. You know, who are a couple of other people that maybe people wouldn't expect or who are just a couple of writers or, or entertainers that you individually look at and say, holy shit, that is the goal. That's what you should be doing. Oh, I mean, I think those those take the the win for me. Oh, uh, there's there's um, I mean, Larry David, obviously um the 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 it's always sunny guys um there was a writer who like sadly passed away years ago his name was harris whittles and he wrote on parks and rec and uh he was like one of the greatest comedic minds of all time and uh he came up with he he came up with the phrase humble brag that was harris <laughs> whittles um oh, man. yeah okay. that's like that is like that is like i think my my icon is is harris whittles he's one of harris one of the goats um, yeah, just look up, just up. look up Harris Whittles on Comedy Bang Bang, where he does terrible puns that annoy everybody. Oh, he was on Comedy Bang Bang. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's a, he's like he's a, he's a, he's like a staple of Comedy Bang Bang. I don't know why I don't know his face by that name. Maybe I've seen his. Maybe I've seen it before and I don't know. But oh, I'm sure sh- you, you may have heard it. it's one of like the, the earlier episodes. He was parts of the Farts and Procreations crew. <laughs> farts and Procreations. <laughs> if you're a real, if you're a real Comedy Bang Bang fan, <laughs> you'll know what that is. <laughs> oh man, I have a buddy in New Orleans named uh, Corey Dumasnil who is that going sounds to like a comedy literally bang bang name. <laughs> do, yeah, Dumasnil. <laughs> He's gonna melt into a pile of pudding, hearing everything you've just listed. Great, like that is. He was my improv troupe teacher. He was our improv group leader when I was in college. And he taught me like everything I knew about that about that specific. We did we did mostly short form with him, but like that was my guy. And then he was like, "Well, then you might like this." And it was like all the comedy bang bang stuff. And I was like, "Oh, oh Scott Ackerman. Oh, okay." And then like it just bled into all oh, these yeah. people. And then I started knowing. I started like getting into well, who's the writer for this episode. Like who's the writer behind? And then I I had oh, you my know, God, I know you grow up and you're watching The Office. You're like. Oh, I think I've heard of BJ Novak. And you don't think about it being 
like about him being Ryan, of course, but like also just getting into the writers, like, oh, the writer behind Conan or like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jason Manzukas wrote on this show. Great. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's mm. it's so impressive. And I, <laughs> um, what? Um, oh, yeah, nothing, nothing cooler than being really into improv comedy. It <laughs> 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 shows that you're a real cool guy. Uh, how do you guys, um, speaking of uh, nerding out, how do you guys, um, are you guys in relationships and how are things in like, you know, outside of the, the social media stuff, you know, for the, for the deep fans who are excited to know a little bit more, more about you? What's, uh, what's the private life like, you know? Oh, shit. Well, I have a, I have a lovely girlfriend that I live with and, uh, we have a cat and a dog and, um, you guys are both living with your partners, like in your own yeah. places. Yeah, I'm, I'm not not well, yet. Well, Calvin is not yet. yet, but yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna move in together next year. But yes, I have a lovely girlfriend as well. Um, she has a cat. I have a dog. So those will soon be uh, pals. Guys, as well. the, the come dog on, guys. wants to be friends with the cat more than the cat wants to be friends with the dog. You guys dog. can't both have a lovely girlfriend and a cat and a dog. That's right. That's right. We're very lucky guys with lovely girlfriends and cats and dogs. We're just very lucky guys. <laughs> what can we say? You guys strike me as people who like have have been so integrated in uh, in U.S. culture for so long that you probably don't have m many things that you miss from home. Like, do you guys travel back home much? Oh. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say because we're so into improv comedy, we probably don't have girlfriends. But in your fucking face, bro. Why do you think I asked about private lives first, Tim? <laughs> I'm an interview. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh man. No. Uh, do you? I mean, you guys probably don't have things you miss much from home, or do you go home much? Or what is this? I'm actually about to fly home. Yeah. So I'm I'm flying home on Monday. Well, it's Friday. I don't know when you're putting this out, but I'm flying home. <laughs> August 7th, for anybody who cares, if anybody's on the Lufthansa flight to Munich. There we go. Um, go up to Calvin, tell him tell him you like his work. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Well, I just recently... You can touch recently, him. Recently, both Tim and I nerd out whenever somebody comes up to us on the street, and like then we text each other. Oh, it's the When best. somebody's like, hey, I love you guys' stuff. Love it. And it usually happens when we're together, just because I think, you know, the stark height difference and like... That's mentioned the, uh, a lot, by the way. Just the image That's of us together. That's mentioned a lot in the uh, yeah. interviews. I've seen. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm five seven. He's six three. You know, it's like it's just it's very obvious. Um, but it's so funny. Recently, I had a kid come up to me and he asked for a photo, and that was the very first time. It was like a twelve year old guy. Um, he was with his mom. They were they were walking their dog, and the mom was like, "Oh, he talks about you guys all the time. This is gonna make his day." So like that 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 was a no. really really nice experience. So if anybody on the Lufthansa flight wants to take a photo. Just know you'll make That's my day. So Otherwise, Calvin will go around and just ask if anybody wants to take a photo with him. <laughs> yeah, he's I'll show him the, him the YouTube channel and be like, hey, look, I'm famous. Here's the breakdown of what we have. Would you like a picture? <laughs> you just made your, your YouTube plaque into a necklace like Flava Flav with the clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I should. That would be great. La ladies? <laughs> well, not ladies, no. Yeah, guys. <laughs> Man, dude, <laughs> fellas, where my, where my fellas at? <laughs> I uh, oh man, that's so funny. I I feel like especially like in Munich and Berlin, especially like if I feel that I'm starting to get um like stopped occasionally for the videos, it must be a whole different level for you guys or like for Liam or no. something. Maybe for Liam, maybe I could for, see Liam, it for Liam. I, would, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. But I, feel but, like I mean, you you guys getting stopped in New York is, is, is a next level, though. I feel like if you guys were in Berlin or Munich or somewhere in Germany, it, it would probably be four or five times as many notices, don't you think? I don't know, because the majority of our audience is still U.S.-based. Yeah. So ah, maybe okay. if I could walk through like okay. a Minnesota or something, like a very 
German. We did. We got <laughs> recognized at the airport in Chicago wearing masks. I remember that. Whoa. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. What's the um have you, have you guys um I mean besides these these you know cool creators like Kyle or, or Scumbag have you guys uh, met people that you idolized just like the the casual New York encounter where you were like hey oh my god like I love what you do have you guys had any uh, nice interactions like that Like you mean as as people or as like creators like we actually shot with people Both I mean I met when I was in acting school I was walking home and I met Philip Seymour Hoffman and that was pretty awesome uh. Oh. When he was doing oh, Death of a Salesman on Broadway, and I and I shook his hand. And I oh told my him that god! Him. Oh, oh man, I'm so jealous that of I that. had the same acting teacher that he once had. And if he wanted to come to our acting class and talk to us, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever, like, <laughs> whatever, get out of here, tall boy." <laughs> he was like, yeah, oh, that sounds great." He's like, like, "Quit holding my hand. Yeah, let go, please. You got really sweaty hands. Why are you crying?" <laughs> I could see him being nice about it, though. <laughs> Oh, he was he was, he was probably nice he about was it, no? Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Rest in peace yeah. to the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um no, I can't say that I have. I can't say that I've had that experience yet. I mean, honestly, I get to have that experience multiple times a week with Tim. Oh, so isn't that what so more do I need? There you go. There you go. This and I think that's a great out for us on this podcast. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I, I won't keep you guys any longer. I just want to say, um, oh, lastly, have you guys ever been to New Orleans? I have to ask that. Yes. Once. We, yes. we got a tattoo. First WrestleMania. Of, yeah, we I, got a tattoo because of our visit to I, New Orleans. I went to a WrestleMania in New Orleans. I might have been at the same one you guys were at and just didn't the know one, you. The one in 2018? Yeah, that would have been ours. It was huh? WrestleMania. The one in 2018? Yeah. Mm, no, probably not. Oh, maybe actually. Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, then that was you were at our first WrestleMania that we called live. It was so random. It was so random. I must have been at that one, unless it was 2017. And what well, they don't do it every year, right? They don't do it every year. No, the one before that was WrestleMania 30, which would have been. Oh, you know, maybe it was just a. No, and not WrestleMania 30. Wasn't WrestleMania 30 on on Bourbon Street too? On Bourbon Street. Was it? Oh yeah, because there was another was one where Brian, Miracle of Bourbon where Brian won it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Might, I wonder if it was just uh, because there's like um, there's this huge venue that's uptown. It's like the it's not the it's not the Superdome, but it's like the you know whatever the the Hertz blah 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 building. Oh and, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. at the WrestleMania Superdome. was at oh, okay. Superdome. So you may have been okay. Okay. So the other ones there. I was at a wrestling event, but yeah, not yeah. not WrestleMania. Okay, that's what it was. Gotcha. Um, yeah. fun fun story about that. So yeah, we. <laughs> It was our first WrestleMania, so we got tattoos. Both I got mine on my foot, and Tim got it on his shin. Right? Yeah. We got tattoos yeah. afterwards to commemorate because they had on Bourbon Street. They had these very sugary drinks that we were having. Oh, dude, hand that's grenades. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. So that's a classic. When oh, we so we went to Philly, we both had a drink or two, um, and we went and we got tattoos of a hand grenade. And I always wore ties sitting ringside, and Tim would wear bow ties. So I got a hand grenade with a bow tie. Tim got a hand grenade with a tie. Uh, that's nice, man. That's really nice. Yeah, it was very sweet. Um, and then on Bourbon Street, I got knocked down by a horse twice. I got hit in the face by a horse, and Tim stood there <laughs> and watched. Did you film it? <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to get shot by the cops. The first time it hit me, I like went down to the floor hard, and I got up trying to reorientate myself. And instead of pulling me away, I just hear from afar, Calvin, Calvin. <laughs> Bam.
second time. <laughs> you look over like in your in your uh yeah in your like unconscious blur. You see him giving money to the cop. Like, good shot, good <laughs> shot, man. And again, do it again. <laughs> That's great, man. Is insane. It is insane that they rode through a crowded street with horses. And well, like, they did the whole like spin around thing to like clear people. It's yeah. If somebody if. If somebody would have caught that on camera now, I feel like there would be uproar. This was this was 2018. This is a different time. It's a different Times time, different. dude. Pre-pandemic yeah. is a different world. And honestly... It really was. It really was. In New Orleans, yeah. they get away with much worse. Like, that's that's my home. <laughs> oh, yes. I go there. I go back there. That's where I visit every year. And they, they've always had a little flavor for pushing it, pushing the boundaries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's Great. That's thing. what you love. That's what you love to hear. You got to, you know, it's, there's no better place to go home to than when you live in Munich, like the city of rules and structure. Mm. And you go back to New Orleans where it's like, where it's like a, like a cage match in WWE, so, you know? Yeah, it's like, a free for all. Like the ladder with the briefcase, you know? <laughs> I mean, dude, just going back home and like jaywalking is, it's just people look at you like you just committed murder it's totally it's like, <gasps> i asked every um, single time i asked liam what was something that he brings back with him like societally mm. when he goes back to the uk and he was like well i wait for red lights now in my in kent or where i think he's from kent and i was like yeah i mean i think about it i still don't do it but i think about it <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did when I when I first arrived in New York. I remember it was like literally like out of a movie. I was like, I like arrived from the airport and like I took the the bus into Midtown and got off at a at a Forty uh, Second Street and I'm just standing there with like my big bag, like looking at the red light while everybody else is walking across. And I was like, uh, <laughs> how do I? They're, they're hustling yeah. in their suits <laughs> exactly. and like. Texting. Just got into a cab and I feel like I got ripped off because there's no way that from Midtown to 14th Street it cost $35 back then. Nah. No, not back then. Whew. Not back then. No, I was like, <laughs> depended how long he stalled. Yeah, exactly. Even back then, I was like, this is, seems pretty expensive. I didn't know camps were this, this is, expensive. This is um, bitchin' toil. Oh. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Uh, guys, thank you so 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 much for being on the podcast and taking the time. It's so it's so cool that we. I'm so glad we could make all the timing work. I know it was like kind of a kind of a roller coaster, but it's. I know everyone's busy, so I really appreciate it. Thanks for having and, us. Yeah, uh, thank you for having us, man. Yeah, this has been really lovely. We can we can uh, do say start say our goodbyes and and cut the audio, then we can do our real goodbyes. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> okay. Fun. All right. All right. Goodbye. Tris Madu on Ciao Midao. <laughs> Bye. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now, baby blue. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M945.